1: slate of football. This is the Pro Football Blitz on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Welcome back. It is the Pro Football Blitz, our number three. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you live from the Circa Resort and Casino, In fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, I think we have failed. Well, it's been uh, at least a couple hours since we have failed to say Happy New Year. I mean, this place (laughs) was jumping today, Circus Sports. and, And the Battle of the Bay is alive and well in the desert. Boy, the 49ers and Raiders fans here at the Circa Sportsbook today were just on fire. And, and you could you could just tell when, when something happened in this game. And it was a very exciting game. You had one side of the crowd that was cheering and one side of the crowd that was booing and vice versa, depending on who they were rooting for. But yeah. uh, an electric New Year's Day here at the Circa Resort. Yeah, Casino. it was
0: outstanding. Outstanding all the way around. I mean, uh, we're thrilled that we can have professional football here in, in, our, in our city uh, with the stadium at Legion Stadium. But I, I'm telling you right now that the next best experience probably is taking in a football game here at Circa. It's, because it's awful it is, good. It and, and it
2: might be better. I mean, you know, <laughs> sometimes I like to, <laughs> at least myself, yeah. I like to be able to see every game that's going on. Right, right. Uh, you absolutely. can't necessarily do that at a professional stadium. That
0: is true. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you are focused in on a lot of action and, and things like that, I mean, don't even go to the game. Don't bother. It. But uh, to get to Allegiant Stadium and watch a football game, uh, I think, is a treat. And you know, I mean, I've been in all these stadiums, but uh, it's like one. I never thought this would happen in my city, in Vegas, Mm -hmm. uh, that we'd have a professional football team. But then, two, just the experience that the last few years has been incredible. But this place, man, every time you just drive up to it, and you can anticipate because you hear it from your yeah from the um, from the parking lot, and when you whatever entrance you're coming in from, you hear the excitement uh, of the big game, and so. Definitely felt that, the neutral site, if you will, of the Bay uh, Area, what do they call it? The Bay Area Showdown or that—is that? Battle, was of, the Battle of the Bay or like Bay, yeah, yeah, something like that. So the neutral site now out here in Vegas, though. So.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's always big on football Sundays yeah. here at Circa, but it was interesting that like the all these 49er fans really just flocked into town <laughs> uh, for this rivalry, I guess, that I mean, it's all. It was always a rivalry. Yeah. Um. But it was just kind of weird to see. Uh. It was a massive population of both Niner and Raider fans here today.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think Raider Nation is always going to represent, though. I mean, that that's one thing I found with covering Raiders uh, for a few years now. Um. It's like, but they're taking advantage of the opportunity. It's like the season ticket holders sold their tickets to Forty Nine er fans and came to Circa. <laughs> <laughs> like. I'm gonna come Possible. up, with, yeah. I'm gonna come up with a thousand dollars because of my season tickets, and yeah, you know, it would be bet the, on other, the game, right? It'll be the other way around if the Raiders were the team with the better record, yeah, and a chance to be uh, a Super Bowl caliber team. Nobody would be selling those tickets, but that's not the case as, as we know. And then certainly the 49ers fans are gonna travel. It's a short trip, uh, it's New Year's Eve into New Year's Day uh, in Las Vegas. So uh, yeah, you, there's a lot of reasons why the 49ers fans were out here in force.
2: Well, speaking of Circa, the Circa Resort and Casino, let's talk about some of the football contests they hold here. And we'll also touch on the Westgate Super Contest as well. Uh, The top five Circa Million picks and the top five consensus picks in the Westgate Super Contest were identical. Now, they were shuffled a little bit in different order, but the same five teams were the most popular five picks, uh, at circus sports. And of course we announced this every Saturday on the pro football blitz. The Buccaneers were the most popular pick at minus three. That was a winner. The Minnesota Vikings were the second most popular pick at plus three and a half. That was a loser. And then the Texans at plus four were the third most popular pick. That was a loser. The Pittsburgh Steelers currently at plus two and a half, uh, they're in action, of course, and by the way, Justin Tucker just added a field goal for the Baltimore Ravens, so the Steelers currently down 13-3 to about midway through the third quarter there in Baltimore and then the final pick of the top 5 consensus is the Cincinnati Bengals plus 1 obviously that will go down on Monday night so the same five teams mm-hmm. in the Westgate Super Contest as the five most popular picks but in a, again in a little bit different order the Texans the most popular the Buccaneers the second most popular the Vikings in the 3 hole and then the Steelers and the Bengals so right now where it stands You could have the consensus looking at one and three heading into Monday night.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a tight uh, race, too, uh, for a million. Absolutely. As as Derek Stevens, Mike Palm, and Jeffrey Benson told us yesterday or last night uh, on the Pro Football Blitz. So uh, thinking outside the box a little bit, certainly getting away from the consensus. I mean, that was something I've been trying to do. Uh, The the consensus has been taking it on the chin a few times. A few uppercuts, if you will. (laughs) Uh, But again, I mean, we'll see what happens tomorrow night, obviously, and then tonight. I mean, the good news about tonight now is Matt Canada has to break out the mold of being conservative. Now you're down 10 points,
2: right? Yeah. Uh,
0: So you you would think you would think you would think. Um, But yeah. uh, So you know these contests are are so interesting because when it's so tight like it is uh, to be determined in terms of who's going to win this. With 1 million, and and it's like who and and why would you start to think outside of the box other than the people that are trailing? You know, I don't know if the person in uh, Enut who's Uh in first place Mm -hmm. has been in line with the consensus or not. I mean, he's hitting or they're hitting right around 70% right
2: now. Yeah, yeah, 70%, almost exactly 70%. Uh, E. Nutt, the the leader in the clubhouse right now, and I don't know what their selections were for Week 17, uh, but they did not have a big lead by any means. I I think Mike Palm was talking about that. There was like one game that was separating first and tenth place Mm -hmm. and and just like a half point or a half game uh, separating uh, like the top five spaces on the board in circa million. Uh, And uh, our team – is doing fairly well, knock on marble here, uh, knock on granite. Uh, our, t- our team is doing decent in the uh, Westgate Super Contest. So we really, you know, you, you touched on it here, Mike. Um, now, if you're in the lead like E Nut or, or whoever's leading the Super Contest mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, you might play it differently. But where we are trying to come from behind and just get into the money, we had to go really rogue yeah. and go against the grain. Um, And I felt that the Texans would certainly be one of the most popular picks because not only what the line was in the contest versus the actual line, but I think there was a lot of speculation that uh, Doug Peterson was not going to play Trevor Lawrence and his starters and at least not play him for much of the game. Mm. Houston had had a lot of dominance over the Jaguars. And uh, sure enough, the Texans turned out to be one of the most popular picks. But in response to that thinking, we chose the Jaguars because we had to go contrarian. Mm -hmm. We had to do something, you know, we had, we had to try and be polar opposite if we're going to gain any ground. And it worked with the Vikings as well. We all, we figured the Vikings were going to be one of the most popular picks because they were getting three and a hook in the contest. Uh, But in the live market, it it was only a flat three. And sure enough, we took the Packers and that was a winner too. So uh, we didn't have a huge week. We went three and two, but we may have gained some ground because of our picks being opposite of what the consensus was.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for instance, for the standings, I have it right here on VEASAN. Go to VEASAN.com, certainly, and uh, a lot of reasons to become a subscriber right there. There but, you go. <laughs> uh, E-Nut, uh, 56 points, and then uh, King Brutus, uh, just a half point behind them,
2: mm-hmm. Them,
0: whoever they are. Uh, look Mondo Hands is a full point uh, behind uh, the number one spot, too. So it is tightening up. I mean, we, we saw it skewed, what, close to 80%, if not 80% uh, win rate in terms of what was going on in Circa Million, and now it's gone down and, and come back to the pack around 70%. So there's opportunity here in, in the final weeks of this contest.
2: Matt Canada taking the handcuffs off. Kenny Pickett with a big pass to right. George Pickens. <laughs> it was third and 14, and I think they converted right there, Mike. So, okay. uh you're certainly not out of it yet as the Ravens lead in this one, 13 to three. Uh, let's shift over to Circus Survivor. And, you know, through the Christmas holiday, uh, it was just such amazing drama how we went from 14 entries down to three. And just some incredible stories with Mad Dog and how he had the Las Vegas Raiders uh, against the Steelers on Christmas Eve, 46 seconds away from scooping up the entire 6.133 million dollars. Anyway, today was, uh, you know, a a letdown compared to that. It it was some rocking chair winners for (laughs) the three remaining Circus Survivor entries today. Browna. Jed and the enemy within Browna and the enemy within both had the giants. That one was pretty easy. And then Jed was on the Detroit lions and uh, that started out uh, a little bit nervy, but then the Detroit lions eventually ran away with that one. So uh, a pretty easy day at the office for the three remaining survivor entries.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, finally you you get one of those. uh, And you know, my idea was to contact Derek Stevens and and <laughs> all three of them select the Lions and sit right next to Derek right here at Circa and 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 his contest, watching his team and his city. Right. Uh, and it would have won, so we would have settled this thing. At you could have kind
2: of gotten a, a free a free party at Circa, <laughs> right. you know, and, and and moved on to week eighteen. Yeah, no the problem. The worst that could
0: happen is you're chopping up to, uh, six million, right? Yeah. But, uh, no, you go on to. Um, uh, to week 18 here, which is going to be spectacular. Still feel like there's a chance. I'm still thinking Brown A and the enemy within were uh, in cahoots and <laughs> selecting the Giants. Well, you um, never know. There, there's
2: <laughs> been so much, um, y- you know, the forming of corporations is what Mike yeah. Baum called it uh, many weeks ago when we started to see this, where teams were partnering up and, and working out arrangements mm-hmm. and. And, uh, you know, one guy from one team might come over with his entry You know, and, and hats off to these people for oh, being man. creative yep. and setting up these little mini, mini businesses, if you will, and on how to monetize in this thing. Sure. And that, that's what it's all about. And when you get to this point in the contest, boy, uh, you know, shame on you, I would say, if you don't walk away with a couple bucks.
0: No, they're going to walk away with uh, more than a couple. They, I mean, I'm, I'm sure of that. But, you know, what's interesting, too, Brady, is, is okay, next week, and, you know, the sit-outs or, you know, the, the philosophies and then availability, too, uh, for Brown, A, Jed, and the enemy within in terms of the teams that they can play.
2: Yeah, they don't, uh, they don't have a lot of the big boys like the 49ers mm-hmm. and the Eagles. Nobody has those teams left, but those teams might be resting all their starters anyway. <laughs> right. It'll be a tough one. Week 18, Circus Survivor coming up. We'll be back with more. Of the Pro Football Blitz in just a moment.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
0: I thought
1: in that moment,
0: oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This
1: is Uncanny USA. Pro Football Blitz on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com Guinness. Set your lineup and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness, made of more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you. And a delay in the action here in Sunday Night Football, an injured Pittsburgh Steeler. They are facing third and four currently. Did we happen to see if that was Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver? I couldn't uh, make out who it was. Um, They're still in a a break here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh was moving the ball, and we saw that on third and 14 that Kenny Pickett hit George Pickens Mm -hmm. for the first down right at the yard to gain there, about a 14-yard strike to Pickens. And then on the next play, there was an injured uh, Pittsburgh Steeler, and uh, we thought it might have been Deontay Johnson. Certainly don't want to speculate here, but we have uh, not been able to see it on TV. They're still in a break. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are trailing Baltimore 13-3. to They do have the ball with about four minutes left in the third quarter. Baltimore is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market, and your in-game total has really stayed right about the same uh, for a large portion of this contest right now at 29-and-a-half. But it looks like they're going to resume play here pretty quickly, third and four now for Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers is they are into Baltimore territory. This is from about the 35-yard line. Pickett hit as he throws there, and it's incomplete. And uh, that, I believe, was Johnson right there. Yeah, that was Johnson. So uh, apparently the uh, injured Pittsburgh Steeler was not Deontay Johnson. We'll see if we can get some more information on that shortly. Uh, but Pittsburgh, it looks like they're probably going to have to attempt another field goal. <laughs> of course and, they are. <laughs> and this is the situation where now you wonder a little bit about the, the field goal versus going for it yeah. on fourth and four.
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot a, a lot of things playing out right now. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh's so predictable. I Matt mean, Canada is so predictable, and they're getting themselves in these situations, and now the Blitzes are getting home uh, from uh, Baltimore, uh, right? Uh, you know, if you have a reliable kicker, I get that. You're going to move the ball. You're going to get in plus territory. Okay, but you got to be different. Pickett made that big catch, like you mentioned, on third and forever. Yeah. Uh, and again, they just oh, they they play beyond the X's and O's. And as a coordinator, uh, as somebody who's calling the plays, how do you not feel that? Because uh, I'm feeling it way over <laughs> here, and it's just so frustrating. But um, I, I I don't know why t- games play out this way, uh, and I don't know why they have game plans even this way. Uh, but it is indicative of who they are, though, right? You know, the Steelers. And, I mean, why the hell do you draft a, a quarterback in the first round then? Mm-hmm. Seriously, if you're going to play like this. And, and so it's just mind-boggling. Uh, and you get into these one-possession type of situations, and then you want to duke it out. It's like they want to find out who's the toughest, mm-hmm. right, as opposed to just going out there and winning a game. And uh, I hate when coaches – I really do. I hate with a passion when coaches figure that they can win games from the sidelines mm-hmm. instead of letting the talent on the field
2: Determine the outcome. Right, right. Uh, Well, the field goal is up and good, so that's good news for your teaser there, Mike. (laughs) 13-6 to uh, is now the score. Baltimore out in front. Again, under four minutes left in the third quarter in Baltimore. Baltimore remains a a 6.5-point favorite in the live market. Now 30.5 is your in-game total as that ticks up just a bit. But I did think it was an interesting decision there because we were talking about Mm -hmm. it earlier that – uh, the thinking in this game is that field goals are extremely valuable. We know that this is supposed to be low scoring. We know how these types of matchups are with the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Always tight games, very defensive oriented. Uh, so, so I understood it there. But now you had a 10-point margin. Baltimore was starting to pull away and facing a fourth and short at about the 35-yard line, I think it was, 38-yard line of uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I, I thought that might be a time to to push the envelope a little bit and go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think if Lamar
0: Jackson's in there, they probably do go yeah. for it, right? Um, yeah. But here's the conservative nature, and or or we're scared on the sidelines. Uh, oh, we're scared of this, you know. Let's go ahead and uh, do what we need to do here: field goal or punt it away, whatever the situation. And it's just like uh, I don't I don't get it. I, I really don't. It's frustrating. Uh, and as players, it was frustrating for us. I mean, uh, that's when you see the guys on on. Uh, on the sideline drinking Gatorade looking at each other mumbling because they're we're talking about the coaches uh, and we're talking about what's going on here you know and um and, but at some point they're going to have to push the envelope and they're going to put these players under pressure in which they could have not had these players under pressure earlier in the game yeah. right with opportunities so uh again it, it's the panicky nature of this game sometimes it's the conservative nature too uh, and, and you can predict this, really. You can predict a game like this, uh, especially within this division, uh, when you're looking at these two teams.
2: Well, it is just a one-score game. Baltimore leading by seven, 13 to 13-6, and three minutes and 42 seconds left in the third quarter. A lot of time left. Baltimore has used one of their timeouts. They have two remaining. Pittsburgh still has all three. Uh, All right, back to the recaps here. The Chicago Bears visiting the Detroit Lions. And Chicago began the day on offense, and they quickly found the end zone. Justin Fields to Cole Komet from 13 yards out. And it was 7-0 Bears four minutes into the game. But then Detroit came right back the other way. Jared Goff to Brock Wright from two yards out, and we were locked at 7 Back come the Bears. Justin Fields races for 64 yards down to the Detroit 5-yard line, but they had to settle for a field goal. Big blow there, 10-7 to in favor of Chicago with two and a half minutes left in the first quarter. And then the back and forth continued. DeAndre Swift dances in from 18 yards out. The Lions were out in front 14-10 to to begin the second quarter. Then all of a sudden, there was punting. We saw these teams punt, and uh, not something that we have seen a lot of between the, D- the uh, Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. The offense has cooled off uh, momentarily, but that didn't last too long. Jared Goff to Brock Wright again with four and a half minutes left in the first half, and it was 21-10 to Detroit. And then as time expired in the second quarter, the Lions added a field goal, and it was 24-10 to Lions at halftime. Jamal Williams, he got in the act early third quarter, running it in from two yards out. It was 31-10 to 10 Detroit, just a few minutes into the second half, and then Jared Goff to DeAndre Swift for a 21 yard catch and carry, and this game was officially out of hand. 38-10 Lions, and the Bears were on their way to losing their ninth game in a row. After that field goal, after that Justin Fields run, and that uh, time when they had to settle for the field goal, the Bears never scored again. 41-10 to 10 is your final. The Lions cover easily Easily. The game stays under the total by just a half point, a full point, or one and a half points, depending on when you played it. A pretty tough beat on the total if you had the over, like I did. Hmm. Only three points were scored in the final 23 minutes of the game after 48 points were scored prior to that. Michael, that one hurt.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you played under in that game anyway. I mean, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and you
2: and you tell me one team gets yeah. to 41 I and you lose.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that, that's a bad <laughs> beat right there. Absolutely. Um, uh, Justin Fields, I mean, the athleticism of this guy uh, is through the roof. Um, uh, what, he had 10 carries, 100 and what, 132 yards or something like that? Or 60-yard run yeah. it was the longest run. And uh, I, I've been saying this, man. He, he turns this game uh, that we play into Pop Warner game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's that
2: type of athlete. But he doesn't have anything.
0: Yeah. There's nothing And he had there.
2: Chase Claypool back today and St. Brown. Yeah, but I... – and, and and they got off to a good start and yeah. then and then bam uh the I, I don't know if it was how bad their offense was or if mm-hmm. it was how good the giants defense was but i mean or the uh the lions detroit, yeah detroit had a
0: spirited effort defensively this this they, time around yeah you have which, to i think
2: when you hold the team to yeah. 10 points but um gosh, Chicago, for them not to score the rest of the game, Mm -hmm. I I think is pretty pathetic against what is really not a very good defense at all.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, the the heart, certainly Detroit needed to bring their hearts into it. We talked about that, and and I think they were challenged, and and, uh, Campbell uh, at the podium last week uh, probably earned some respect in the locker room for what he said, even though he was very, very candid uh, about that, but uh, those players were challenged all week from the coaching staff. And all those coaching staff, when I mean, you think about it, they're all former players, most of them. Uh, and, and so they're going to challenge those players for Detroit. And they showed up that way. Uh, but, again, it goes to the other s- side of things when you can only throw the ball for under 80 yards. I think Claypool's is an H-back at best right now, mm-hmm. more so than a wide receiver. Um, and, and you just – it's not what you want to do. It, you can't do a lot of things either if you're Chicago. Uh, whereas we know Detroit and Jared Goff performs very, very well at home. Yes. Uh, and that team is fired up playing mm-hmm. at home too. So uh, now it gets difficult though uh, for Detroit uh, because yeah, very uh, much so. <laughs> next week's opponent, uh, Detroit cannot have a letdown. they're going to be in their comfortable role though as an underdog, I would imagine in that but, matchup. But
2: but in their uncomfortable role on the road. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, you talked about how good they are at home. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're averaging nearly 33 points a game at home this season and only about 19 on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're going to go to Lambeau Field, (laughs) where the Packers are in a must-win situation. You know what we say about must-win teams. But, you know, Detroit is in a must-win situation, too. They're not out of it just yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that kind of cancels each other out when you have both teams in that same situation. The Packers currently a -a four-and-a-half-point home favorite at Lambeau in week 18, hosting those Detroit Lions. The Minnesota Vikings will travel to Chicago to take on the Bears, where they are a one point favorite at Soldier Field. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Stick around.
1: This is the Pro Football Blitz on VCU, the Sports Betty Network.
2: Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for only $79 and get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today and you'll also receive $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. It's a limited time offer, so sign up now and get VEASAN Pro access through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe the pittsburgh steelers back on offense trailing 13 to 6 as we are underway now in the fourth quarter in baltimore and the baltimore ravens currently a three and a half point favorite in the live market 30 and a half is your live total the baltimore ravens down to minus 275 favorites currently on the money line. Michael, I want to talk about a game that was pretty interesting earlier today and a lot on the line for both teams, the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots and there was no score until midway through the first quarter when Mac Jones found Tyquan Thornton from 7 yards out and it was 7 to nothing Patriots, but the Dolphins came right back with their own 13 play drive that ended with a Tyreek Hill 2-yard touchdown run and we were tied at 7 apiece. A lot of defense and not a whole lot of offense was the theme really in the first half as we ended up going to halftime tied at seven apiece. Then the Dolphins broke the tie with a little over nine minutes left in the third quarter when Teddy Bridgewater flipped a two-yard little push pass to Raheem Mostert and it was 14-7 Miami. New England responded with a Nick Folk 49-yard field goal to make it 14-10 Dolphins. Then everything unraveled for the Miami Dolphins. Teddy Bridgewater was intercepted by Kyle Duggar. He returned it 39 yards for a touchdown. And guess what? Nick Folk missed the extra point. He missed two last week and another one today. Uh, 14-13 Dolphins, now with less than three minutes to go in the third quarter. Bridgewater injured his hand on the play, by the way, and was replaced at quarterback by Skylar Thompson. And this is where it really went downhill after that. Thompson could just not get the offense going for Miami, Mac Jones to Jacoby Myers for a one yard touchdown with four and a half minutes left in the game. 23 to 14, Patriots. 16 unanswered points now by the New England Patriots, but Skylar Thompson. Then at the end, he kept Miami in it, hitting Mike Gasecki with a four yard touchdown pass, just over a minute left in the game, and it was 23 21. The onside kick fails, New England recovers it, and 23 21 was your final. And what a backdoor cover for <laughs> Dolphin backers there. It also pushes the the game total as it lands exactly on 44, New England, or excuse me, it pushes the game over the total, uh, making that uh, last score push the game over the total with a total of uh, 44 points now on the board. New England, they are still alive for a playoff spot. They will need to beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo next week. They are at eight and eight. The Dolphins drop to eight and eight, and by way of the tiebreakers, they are eliminated from the postseason. Yeah, tough spot
0: there for uh, Bridgewater. Uh, when you think about, uh, you know, a guy like this has been in the league for a long, long time and battled back from a significant injury, uh, I mean, ugly injury from what I can recall. Uh, but if you're Belichick, you probably feel good about defending the Dolphins. Like, talking about this yesterday on Pro Football Blitz in terms of trying to just slow down a running game or or will Miami stick to the running game. Uh, rushes were elevated and everything, but it's just not – Uh, efficient enough is just not what can help you win games still. And uh, I think for Bridgewater driving balls outside, you know, those interceptions, that pick six looked easy.
2: Yeah. I mean, and prior to that, I think he was having pretty good success slinging the ball around. I mean, it was a good game. I mean, and and they were in the lead. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, he throws the pick six. Mm -hmm. That was brutal. Then he gets injured. And then Skylar Thompson just, you know, couldn't get it done. Uh, Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, Bridgewater – the thing about him, though, is, is like he's so slight.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, when is he gonna get injured? fragile? You're fragile. Well, yeah, but his frame is just like, my goodness, you're, mm-hmm. you're worried about him mm-hmm. uh, out there, uh, and he's been in the league for a number of years. But he, look, he, genetics, genetics. I mean, uh, but he's he's one of those players. You know, when, when he got hurt, um, could he battle back? He broke his finger. Uh, from what I guess gather here. Oh, did he really? I think he broke his pinky or something like that. I guess,
2: you know, on the follow-through, he hit a uh, defender's helmet. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then he got stepped-armed to the ground, too. And, I mean, yeah, Miami was just in a tough spot. I I thought there was more paths of victory for the Patriots. uh, And underneath a field goal was a a decent bet, I thought, especially at home. Uh, The sack, uh, on fourth down, I'm like, okay, what are you doing there, Uh, Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, okay, you give the opportunity for the backdoor cover right there for the Dolphins, right? Yep. It uh, with Skyler Thompson. So, um, I, you know, look, my Miami has their shortcomings, but so do the Patriots big time. And if this team qualifies for the playoffs, I, I mean, I don't know how you look at the Patriots uh, from that standpoint, but um, they got the victory, uh, certainly uh, the, in the fashion that a lot of people thought they, they would get the victory in. And, and, uh, I don't know if it should have been this close.
2: To be honest with you, the Patriots will travel to Buffalo in Week 18. They will need to win that game to stay alive in the postseason. Uh, the Bills currently are seven-point favorites in that contest, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we're not gonna, that that point spread could really change possibly if the Bills win on Monday night. Uh, it, it maybe they rest their starters in Week 18. Right. Right. Um, and I don't know all the all the uh, ramifications as far as the number one seed, but I believe they will own it if they win on Monday night.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is guarding against like losing momentum, because we talked mm-hmm. about this all year. I mean, a we pro tip about remember the bye week and then you come out yeah, of the bye week. Exactly. How do you handle
2: that? No, it's a it's a great, uh, you know, relationship. Yeah, there, or, because. Even
0: after Buffalo's bye week, they came out a little rusty, a little slow, and it's exactly. like, you're yeah. going to get a bye week if you're the number one seed, and then, okay, you're playing a divisional opponent. I get it. The rest players, and I mean, that that is on the table for discussion. But do you keep your mind sharp, and then do you go into the game, and then, okay, are you on a pitch count? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the players don't know it. The coaches know when they're going to pull the players, but the players don't know. And uh, a lot of times, at least from my experience, that's been – uh, a way and an approach that Super Bowl winning coaches would like to take, like we're we're gonna we're gonna let you know when you're coming out this game, or we're not even gonna indicate to you when you're coming out this game, because we need you sharp. You're gonna get a bye week, um, so uh, no, it'll be interesting about that number though uh, next week.
2: Yeah, it could definitely change uh, pending Monday's result. Uh, Guess what? The Pittsburgh Steelers got another field goal. I know they missed one. They should have 12 points, Brady. (laughs) 13 to (laughs) nine is your current score. Uh, Less than 10 minutes left in regulation. And the Baltimore Ravens remain a three and a half point favorite in the live market. Twenty eight more than
0: that running the wishbone.
2: (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, I know. Twenty eight and a half. Your live total right now. Uh, Let's get to another recap here, and this actually turned out to be a good game. Kansas City and the Denver Broncos, both matchups between the Broncos and the Chiefs this year, have been very good games. Kansas City, they got on the board first with an Isaiah Pacheco five-yard touchdown run, but they elected to go for two points right out of the gate, and it failed. Six to nothing, Chiefs. Denver cut the lead in half with a field goal four minutes into the second quarter, and it was six to three, Kansas City. Let Russ cook. Just under five minutes left to go in the second quarter. Russell Wilson rushes it in for Denver from 16 yards out. And the Broncos had the lead 10-6. to But then Patrick Mahomes, he was cooking as well. Patrick Mahomes to Jarek McKinnon from six yards out. Kansas City back up on top 13-10 to with just a minute left in the half. Over to the third quarter. Russell Wilson to Robert Boonham for a 25-yard touchdown. And the Broncos were in the lead again. 17-13 with six and a half minutes left in the quarter. Fourth quarter, Mahomes to Blake Bell, 17 yards out, and Kansas City now back out in front, 20-17. Denver looking to respond, but Russell Wilson intercepted deep in his own territory, and the Chiefs turned that into a Mahomes-to-McKinnon one-yard strike, and it was 27-17 Kansas City. That was really the difference in the game. But the Broncos weren't dead yet, with Wilson rushing in for his second touchdown of the day with six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter to make it 27-24. Denver's defense stood up, but the offense could not produce late, and the Chiefs hung on, 27-24. Your final, Kansas City gets the win. The Broncos get the cash, and the game goes over the total. And the Kansas City Chiefs are still alive for the number one seed in the AFC. And they don't still don't cover. That's right. They, <laughs> they that still was a don't cover. that was one of my best bets of the yeah. week. Was uh, Denver getting 12 and a half or 13, whatever? Um, it's interesting. I made the look ahead line in this in this game three and a half. Okay. And then when I did my calculations this week, it came to like six or six and a half or something like that. But it's interesting. My look ahead line was basically the exact margin of the game. Oh,
0: wow. Three point that? game. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I guess it's supposed to play out that way when you have Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and, and all this stuff. And, yeah. you know, that's the reason why Denver went after Russell Wilson in the first place, right? But uh, Denver is the most, I think they're the most injured team in the National Football League. Also
2: the most penalized.
0: Uh, most penalized.
2: Yeah, they and, and that's that's coaching, right? Yeah. When, when you commit a lot of penalties, or most penalties and most penalty yardage, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, both categories for the Denver Broncos. But Jerry Rosberg, you know, that's the new coach, the fired coach theory. You could say that he provided a spark.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean. They played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, or, or did Kansas City play down? Because t- they have a tendency of playing down. That's why they don't cover. Um, But it may be a combination. I'll definitely uh, yield that for sure. But um, a lot of work to be done, though. And there's a lot of reasons
2: why this game played out the way it did uh, today uh, over there in Arrowhead. All right, Sunday Night Football update coming up. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
0: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment
1: is the Pro Football Blitz on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Winter sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Sunday football parlay insurance, and more. It's a whole new game. Mike, you and I were talking about, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos in the last segment. The Mm -hmm. Kansas City Chiefs, to round out the regular season, will visit the Las Vegas Raiders, and they are currently 10-point road favorites, basically matching what the 49ers were today in Las Vegas. And the Los Angeles Chargers will visit the Mile High City. The Broncos will end the regular season at home. The Chargers currently road favorites by three points.
0: I know. I don't know what to do with that game yet. Um You know, the Chargers, welcome back, Bosa, right? Yep. Um, And the Chargers, you know, I don't want to use a pun here, but they're surging. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, Now they've won four in a row. Right, that's been going on. Yep, yep. And it was a team that I identified that could potentially get hot. Now, I wouldn't say they're blazing hot, but yet they're getting a boost. I mean, Bosa, just seeing him in uniform and all that stuff, I mean. uh, And then, you know, Derwin James is going to be back from concussion, so... Mm -hmm. Austin Eckler breaking out the way he is. I mean, Great game. They are they are playing more physical, too, which uh, it's like they're tuning up for the playoffs. And, you know, Denver, that game, who knows what's going to be in that game. Yeah. I, I couldn't that's tell a... you from the Denver Broncos standpoint. I mean,
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think this week, was. A, it's easy to say now after the fact, but yeah. the first game for the new coach, this was the week to play him. Mm-hmm. Next week, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably be staying away.
0: I know, I know. I mean, Russell still threw a pick. Right, late in the game, and okay, what? This well, guy, that that
2: was the that was really the turning point. That was the they, turning They point. were go, they were matching him tit right. for tat. Yeah,
0: and you can't rely on him. I mean, you literally cannot rely on Russell Wilson. Uh, and I don't know where the Broncos go from there, like unless they bench him, you know. Uh, but that's not going to happen. I don't think. I mean, no. there's so much change no. and everything like that going on. Rosberg's not going to bench uh, Russell Wilson. No, I mean otherwise he. Besides that one pick, he played a good game. Yeah, but that pick cost him. Right, I mean it did. Uh, you know, on the other side, it, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, too, and uh, for the Broncos, going up against uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, I think Justin Herbert's an incredible quarterback. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, he
2: slung some balls today yeah. that were amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, But you are the Chargers, the Staley, and you are in the playoffs, and it's like, you know, could they throttle it down, you know, in that game? Uh, later on in that game, too. So that's why, to me, this, betting that game kind of gets tricky
2: uh Broncos and Chargers Sunday night football getting tricky for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they are facing third and 18 now the last time we saw them with third and long third and 14 uh they converted Pickett to Pickens and now Pickens is back to pass or Pickett rather back to pass but that one is incomplete as he sh- tries for his tight end there, Pat Friermuth, and they will be forced to punt here. Under seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, 13-9, to nine, the Baltimore Ravens holding on to a four-point advantage at home, and they remain. It seems like it's been this way for the last hour. They remain three-and-a-half-point favorites <laughs> in the live market, but the money line all the way up to minus 400 on Baltimore mm-hmm. with that change of possession there uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the in-game total Mike, all the way down to 25 and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got a chance to change and flip the field here uh, depending on the punt return situation. Uh, And then you got Tucker uh, for a chance to throw three more points on on the Mm -hmm. scoreboard too. So from a betting standpoint, I mean, it just gets difficult. See, this is what I was talking about all game long. Now the Steelers are in a predicament because they are doing what they have to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Not what they want to do. Right. There's no dictating at all right now. And so Baltimore knows that as a defense. And it's like, why make the game difficult like that? Uh, But that's the way that the Steelers want to play for whatever reason. Um, And and it gets tough betting them. Uh, I had a teaser on it. But there's no reason to play like this when you're that talented. Uh, So you're asking a, a quarterback to do this on the road in this situation, which, okay, if he comes through, that's great. He came through last week at home, that's great. But you don't have to play like other teams want you to play when they want you to play that way. (laughs) If you can avoid that, avoid it, right? Yep. But for the life of me, I don't understand why coaches don't understand that sometimes.
2: Well, let's talk about a game that uh, didn't have a whole lot of drama earlier today, and that was the Colts at the Giants. The Colts were on the board first with mm-hmm. a field goal, and then it was all Giants uh, in the second quarter. Daniel Jones to Richie James for a six-yard touchdown, and then it was Jones to Isaiah Hodgkins for another six-yard touchdown. It was 14-3 to New York. And they weren't done yet. Landon Collins intercepted Nick Foles for a pick six. The Giants added a field goal as well. 24-3 Giants at halftime. More the same in the third quarter. Daniel Jones runs it in from 18 yards out, 31-3 to New York. Jones at this point was 19-24 for 177 yards, two touchdown passes, and one touchdown run. And then Nick Foles was knocked out of this game with a rib injury. Sam Ellinger at the controls for the Colts. And with two minutes left in the third quarter, Ellinger would find Michael Pittman Jr. for a six-yard strike, and that made it 31-10 Giants. The Giants would add another score to make it 38-10, and that was your final. Yet another rushing touchdown for Daniel Jones. What a day he had Giants win and cover really a rocking chair game that easy. This game goes over the total. The G men, they clinch a spot in the playoffs with the victory.
0: Yeah. How about that? Coach Dable. uh, I mean, great job right there uh, with this football team who Joe judge just ran into the dirt
2: uh, last
0: year. Yeah. Uh, And they uh, have unearthed themselves uh, this year with Dable, but um, no, it it was a great effort in in a game like this. I, I mean, The Giants, the schedule really helped them out this year. I mean, they built up so much equity playing unfamiliar teams, and then they get into the division. I I think there were one three-and-one in their division. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So And they've got one more next week. uh, They will visit the Eagles. And it doesn't matter because they're in the playoffs. Right, no, it doesn't matter for them, for sure. So uh, I think the Giants, and so suggesting to build up this much equity, the buy-in was incredible at the beginning of the year, and uh, from, from a new coaching standpoint, a new philosophy standpoint, Daniel Jones playing for his future standpoint. I mean, all of those variables right there, but yet the buy-in was incredible, and so it continues uh, against teams like this. I thought the Colts had a chance uh, catching points right there. I was poorly mistaken <laughs> with that one. Yeah, bad choice, and um, I mean, you, the, the you weren't Colts alone. Was horrible.
2: There, there, was a lot of wise guys that thought that was a good spot for the yeah. Colts because we haven't. I mean, how many times have the Giants been a six-point favorite or whatever? Right, hey, and money came in on the on the Colts late.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and and but no, the Colts they're just they're uh, the Colts. Yeah, they're horrible. Right? Oh, they're awful. Yeah, and, and so but the Giants, credit to them, I think the two-way action that you're getting from Daniel Jones is really benefiting them too, uh, as a runner that way. And, and you know, you don't have those. Those guys on the outside, playmakers, uh, but you have enough. I mean, I think the Giants ha- has suggested that. And then defensively, you know, Wink's doing a great job um, yeah. uh, with the defense, with the personnel, Thibodeau uh, being violent, which is interesting. Um, but, no, I-, I
2: think the defense has a certain mindset, too, uh, and Dable has brought that along. We talked about uh, Don Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, and this is something certainly I will take a look at next year, next football season, uh, if he is still the defensive coordinator there. He is now 5-0, and I believe it's 19-2 and straight up, and uh, an excellent record against the spread as well, 5-0 and in the situation this year when he goes up against first-time coaches. Okay. Uh, when he's the D.C., of course, he used to be with the Baltimore Ravens. When he's facing first-time coaches, he is incredibly successful, and that was the case today against Jeff Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, Saturday, I, like – I don't know if he's even a. He co- he's only got
2: <laughs> we've only got to deal with him one more week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he and you know I, I give him credit. He came out and said from the from the start, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this, and and if I'm not, I'll I'll walk away. Or what? You know, I don't know exactly how he phrased it, but he said I, I'm going to give this my best shot, yeah. and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and obviously it's not working too yeah, well. Yeah,
0: Brady. I mean the organization stinks. Like Nick Foles is your coat as your quarterback the reason why he's your quarterback is because okay you can't go anywhere else you don't have anything else to go to or turn to but the whole reason why Nick Foles is there was because of Frank Reich and they fired him (laughs) right I know and
2: so it's like why are you even going with this guy but well then um, you then you you basically force Frank Reich to bench Matt Ryan and then when you fire Frank Reich you bring Matt Ryan back in
0: yeah because Jeff Saturday yeah I mean it's it's a, it's a, the offensive line has been the problem all year long, mm-hmm. you know, defense, defense has been pretty decent. It has been until today. And then, right. you know, you see an efforts like that, or you just see the Giants just uh, steamroll them uh, when it comes to rushing a football. And okay, you, you, you don't have to th- really throw it, but you do it to keep them honest. Right. But uh, yeah, I, 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 misjudged that one with the Colts. I mean, and taking the points, I, 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 I at least thought there would be some pride uh, on the side of that defense for the Colts
2: and it's kind of like the Denver Broncos you've got a a, you know now the Broncos defense uh, by the numbers is better than that of the Colts but the Colts defense has been pretty darn good Mm -hmm. this year but eventually when your offense is so anemic it wears the defense out and uh, I think that's what happened today to the Indianapolis Colts we'll be back to update Sunday night football on the other side less than five minutes to go in regulation Baltimore still up 13 to 9.